This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, good morning again. How's everybody? Are you blessed? Hallelujah. You are. You know, don't forget how blessed you are. Sometimes, you know, I run into Christians and I ask them that, are you blessed? And, you know, I find out they forgot. Don't forget you're blessed. See, we're, again, we're so accustomed to allowing, you know, our feelings and our emotions, what we can see around us. We're so accustomed to allowing, you know, that, letting that dictate to us, you know, uh, our faith. I'm, you know, if I feel good, I'm blessed. If I don't, well, you know. But, you know, here's the thing. No matter how changeable your feelings are, and we know they change about like the weather, don't they? But one thing remains constant, and that is God, in whom we put our trust and our confidence. Amen? You know, it's good to know that, you know, all this month I've been uh, talking about, of course, we here at Passion Church, we are navigating change as a people. But also, too, we need to remember this, that in our individual lives, I know this, that change is inevitable. You know, sometimes there are small changes, sometimes there are big changes, but life is about change. And we've talked about a lot of different things about how to navigate uh, change effectively. You know, change doesn't have to be a negative thing. It can be a very positive thing, but it really is about how we embrace it, how we see it, how we understand it, and allowing God's Spirit to help us as we navigate through this change. And really, it will work to what? Our benefit. Isn't that true? Uh, I want to, today we're talking about in navigating change about life in flux. The word flux is defined as a as a flow or a continuous change, passage or movement, and that's really what life is about, isn't it? Life is not about just about a arriving the Christian life, and I think we do a disservice sometimes because we think in in the Christian life that you know when I reach a certain level, when I reach a certain peak or plateau, I've arrived. No, you've arrived there, but guess what? There's more in God for you. There's more for us to accomplish. There's more for us to do. Now, you know, I believe now, uh, hear me clearly in this, in God, I don't believe there's any retirement. Now, you may retire from your job, from your career and so forth, and that's fine, but there's no retirement (laughs) from God. Isn't that right? When God's called us now, We know this change is all about seasons change for us and different things change and we understand that. We may not do the same thing even in the kingdom that we've always done, but we will continue to grow and to develop and allow God to, even in the midst of flux, there's going to be a movement, there's going to be change and there's going to be growth in our life. You know, and as we navigate change in 2017, we have to be very, very sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said He is ultimately, He is our God, isn't He? He is our God. And you know, He sees things that we don't see, although He's willing to reveal them to us. 
But many times our, our, our frustrations and our consternations and all of those things when we're in change is because we haven't taken time really to listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying so we don't see what He sees. And so while He's maneuvering and, and, and guiding us, we can start feeling all a little uncomfortable. We start feeling a little fearful. I remember uh, my brother-in-law, uh, of course he's retired from it now, but he was a, a, a long-haul truck driver for many, many years. I mean, I, re I remember, and this was many years ago, he hit the Million Mile Club. I mean, he, you, you can't, other than Alaska and Hawaii, he's been to every state. And there was a time when you could talk about anything, about, uh, you know, a state or going to a city or something anyway. And he said, well, here's the best route. Go here, go there. He could name them all off. I remember the first time I went for went, I rode with him up in the cab of an 18-wheeler. Oh, man. I mean, I was just, I was tense the whole time. Man, he driving up. I'm just sure, man, he's going to run right up on these people, you know, because he understood from experience exactly how to maneuver and drive that truck and he, he knew uh, you know the distances and he, he man he could back that thing and I mean it'd be like two inches on each side he could back it right in there I mean but I mean you just you know why because I didn't understand what he understood about that truck and how it operated and the experience about how to drive it you know he was all relaxed I'm over there all tense you know I'm trying to put on the brake over there <laughs> yeah, like Cindy does with me when I'm driving. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. In navigating change, this is why we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. Because see, we're, a lot of times we're on the ride, but we're over there. We're all tense. We're trying to put on the brakes, and he's got on the gas. And we're putting on the gas, and he said, no, it's time to gear down. We've got to get in what? connection with Him and in harmony with Him. And that has to do with the promptings of the Holy Spirit to make adjustments in our way of thinking and the way we do things. As change comes, we need to understand that maybe not only our environment and our situation and our circumstance change, but also that means what? The way we do things may have to change. God forbid that we have to do something different, right? <laughs> The Holy Spirit, in the, in, in the process of navigating this change, He desires to amplify our vision, to bring us to a new level of creativity and innovation. Do you know God? I mean, if we know anything about God, He is a creator, isn't He? Do you know there's, they say there's over half a million species of bugs? Wow. You know, I've said this before, I'm so glad God didn't just create one, one color flower and stick it there and say, boom, there it is. Man, He created all kinds of different shapes and sizes and hues and colors. And man, I enjoy it, don't you? It's the variety, isn't it good? The variety is good. The diversity is good. And God says that, that He wants to bring about that diversity, what? Unified under His Spirit and His direction, each thing providing its part, what makes the whole better. And that's what He says He wants to in this time of change. That means that we maybe get creative and innovative, become more effective, declaring and reaching and giving the message of Jesus Christ to our generation. Amen? 
Everybody doesn't receive it the way I do. You know, I can get along. I mean, you know, everybody's different, isn't it? I could get along with my Bible, me and the Holy Spirit, and get along in my office, and I'm happy as a clown. But not everybody's that way. Everybody's different. Cindy, she likes to have a party. <laughs> By that, I mean she is very much a people person. And you know what? God is both. He's the God of the solitude. He's the God of the people. The party, isn't he? He, like, he likes both. I mean, if you read anything over there in Revelations, there's going to be a whole lot of partying going on, isn't there? That marriage supper of the Lamb, I'm telling you what, that sounds like a really good thing to be at. You talk about a state dinner. So our attitudes may be, need to be adjusted and our viewpoints modified in order for us to change in response to the Holy Spirit. I've found out many times when I'm resistant to change is because what? I'm out of step with the Holy Spirit. He, he's, he's saying, let's go right. And I'm saying, yeah, but we've always gone left. And you know, the Holy Spirit, as He directs and guides us, you know, we, we, we misinterpret things, I think, sometimes. You know, we read over there where He says, I'm the Lord, I change not. So we think that means, okay, God did it this way, and it's the way He's always going to do it. It's never going to change. Grandpa did it that way. Great-grandpa did it that way. And bless God, we're going to do it that way. <laughs> but God... When he talks about him not changing, he's talking about his character, his immutability, the fact that he is truth, that he is love. He is those things. Those things never, never change. But out of that, God is a God of great creativity and innovation. Amen. Where do you think all this technology comes from? Are you listening to me? You know, I've said this before, you know, the Bible says that, that, that God's keeping a record of every, every sparrow that ever lived and dropped. He's keeping a record of every hair that's ever fell out of your head. Some of us got a bigger profile than others. Well, you know, God's a God of information, isn't he? He says he's, he's keeping up with everybody who's ever lived, every thought they ever had, every action they ever did. He's keeping up with that. Well, he's an information God. That doesn't surprise me, you know, that we get technology so that we can begin to understand better, manipulate things to the benefit of the kingdom of God. So we got to learn to walk into agreement with the Holy Spirit. So with that being said, by way of introduction, turn over to, uh, to Romans 8. I want us to look at a principle here, Romans 8. As we talk about the Holy Spirit and change, we're talking about the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. The inner promptings. The Bible says this over in Romans 8. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he says this. He said, what? They are the children of God. And he says that the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Isn't that right? In other words, that we could call it a witness or a prompting of the Holy Spirit. But I want to drop down just a little bit further uh, for the point I want to make this morning. And let's look in verse 22. Just pick it up there. He says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. For our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. For, for, but hope that is seen is no hope at all, for who hopes for what he has already has? But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. 
In the same way, the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Holy Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans and words, and groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. Now here's the principle I want you to see with this. The Bible says from creation all the way to us who are the sons and daughters of God, there is an inward groaning or an inward desire to be changed. Creation you know, suffered because man fell in sin. And so because of that, uh, sin affected creation. This is why we look around and, I, you know, and I think sometime uh, a good Christian spirit-filled attorney ought to beat this in court sometimes, you know, because insurance always wants to put things in there. This caveat, not responsible for acts of God. You know, which... Isn't it interesting? All the acts of God is all the stuff that destroys earthquakes, locusts, <laughs> you know, uh, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, tidal waves. That's all God. <laughs> That's not God. That's a result, what, of the, of the fall of man and the curse that's on creation right now. That's not God's desire. That was not God's plan. God didn't plan this, create this earth with tidal waves and plagues of locusts and all of that, and sickness and disease. We know all that came as a result. That's man's fault, wasn't it? That goes back to Adam. But it's saying here that all of creation, from creation to us who have received the first fruits of the Spirit as believers, there's a groaning, there's a desire what, that the ultimate purpose of God be realized in creation and in our lives and in, even up to what the time when we get our brand new bodies but the point I want you to see in this principle is this that the Holy Spirit is working in us there are the the Bible calls them groanings prop promptings desires are being stirred within our spirit by the Holy Spirit and we are to get together and agree with the Holy Spirit, what, as we pray and as we, what, obey. And I found this out, that preceding change in my life, that the Holy Spirit activity will kind of kick up a notch. And the Holy Spirit will begin to, to deal with me with promptings. And then, you know what we need to do? We need to respond in prayer to the Spirit. Because he says here, the Spirit knows what the mind of the Father is. Do you know God is thinking about you today? Yeah, little old you. Little old me. He's, you're on His mind. Yeah, oh, but God, he's, he's got this universe to run. He's got more important matters to do. Listen, God is concerned from the little tiniest little microbe he is aware of to the greatest and biggest galaxy in the heavens. And you know what? He doesn't even break a sweat. <laughs> so he's aware of your situation. So as we navigate change, we understand we have a helper in this. And it's the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. If we do not respond to the Holy Spirit, to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, by getting alone in prayer, then you know what? We can miss 
our opportunity that the changes God wanting to bring about in our life, we can miss that opportunity. We need to become sensitive to the working and to the principle of the Holy Spirit working in our life. Paul said this in Galatians 4.19. He's writing to the Galatian church. He says, I am continuing to, to pray and travail in prayer for you until Christ be formed perfectly in you. Now here's the thing. That, you know, the Bible and the scriptures, uh, it, it, there's a lot of what to us with our limited understanding of what appears to be paradoxes in the scriptures. Isn't that true? The Bible says that we're complete in Christ. Yet Paul wrote to the Galatians. He said, I'm continuing to pray for you until you become perfected in Christ. Well, which is it? Both. See, one speaks of positionally, we're complete in Him. The other one is speaking about what? The working out of that position in our life here now. And what God wants to do is to bring the positional into the reality so that they come closer and closer together. So that what? Heaven on earth. And so this has to do with change in our life concerning God's, our spiritual growth, but also concerning His will for us as a people. Listen, listen, it's great what God's done in Passion Church up until now. There's been some awesome, glorious, wonderful, tremendous things that, that's in our history. But here's the thing, Passion Church, it is history. And we can be grateful for it and we should be. But you know what? I want to move forward. I want to move forward. You know, I said this, you know, our, the automobile is, uh, the way it was made, it's got this big expansive windshield for looking forward and a small rear view mirror for glancing backward. So we respond in prayer to the Holy Spirit and He begins to what? Refine and enhance our vision. Now the word there, refine, it means to free from impurities. You know, many times when God gives us a vision or speaks, maybe He speaks a prophetic word, and you know, God still speaks, doesn't He? Thank God. But you know, a lot of times, uh, we, we view that, that vision, we view that dream, we view that prophetic word, we, we view it through glasses that maybe need to be adjusted a little bit. It may be the eyeglass of our misper, uh, misconceptions or our, our perceptions or our, our cultural viewpoint. And, and, you know, and unless that is from time to time changed, I remember the uh, first time uh, when I reached a certain stage in life and I was walking through the uh, grocery store and I looked up, you know how they have the signs, you know, that tell you where things are. And I looked up there and I thought, wow, something's wrong with their sign. Well, you know, the letters were a little blurry. And I thought, man, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up? You know, and, you know, and I remember, you know, finally I, you know, I said, well, let me, let me go, to, go to the eye doctor. So I go to the eye doctor, you know, and he's in there. And you know how they do But, you know, they, and you read the chart and they do all that and all the stuff they do. But then, you know, where they get that little machine and they start flipping all these lenses. How's that? How's that? How's that? Better or worse? How's that? Better? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you young people don't know, but. but they, you know, he flipped this up and said, is that better or is this better? Is that better or is this better? 
And you know, it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. When we get in prayer with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, you know, He begins to change out those lenses. Just like a, a heavenly eye doctor. And all of a sudden, He said, Hey, check this out. Wow. Check this out. Wow. I didn't see that that way before. That's clear. Wait, I didn't see that over there. Wow, we're going to do that? This is what you want to do? This is what, this is what that means? Come on. Because, you know, in the natural, you know, if your vision gets to a point to where it's too bad and you don't do something to, to help it and adjust it, you know what? You can endanger yourself and somebody else. I think in Christian circles, and, you know, and I'll just speak sometimes even for pastors and those in leadership, you know. You know, we're, we're, we're driving the bus, so to speak, and all of a sudden, you know, we have a, a, a wreck. You know why? It may, it may be because what? We're not seeing as clearly as we ought to be. And so if we're going to navigate change, first there has to be some refining. And then I said enhancing. Enhancing means to raise to a higher degree, intensify, and to magnify. Ooh, I like that. You know, many times when God is speaking to us about His plan and His purpose, His dream, whether it's for our families or for us as a church, you know, we, we see that, but like Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. And I've said this before, you know, it's all about perspective many times. I remember uh, we were in New York City, took Cindy there for her birthday. Won't say which one, birthday one year and uh you know we were there uh, in new york city and everything and you know we were taking in the sights like you know tourists do you know we we're enjoying everything. but you know i found out this you know depending on my perspective i could hide the empire state building behind my index finger and i thought wow from you know and if that's all the perspective i've ever had i think boy who built a building as big as my finger what was that for but you know, I found something. As I got closer to it, my perspective began to change. And all of a sudden, I saw the size of my finger as it really was, and the size of the Empire State Building as it really was. And you know, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to help us do. To change our perspective so that as we, the, the vision is enhanced, as God's will and purpose is enhanced, all of a sudden He becomes bigger, it becomes bigger. Our obstacles, the things that stand in our way, including the devil and all his bunch, they take on their proper size. They are under my feet. They are under your feet. They're defeated once and for all. And the things from this perspective that looked made my, the will of God and the purpose of God so impossible as God began to work those changes in me and in my perspective with the Holy Spirit, they begin to take on their proper perspective. We're talking about the Holy Spirit and change. So that means as my perspective changes, then what my priorities many times change. Changing my priorities is important. Matthew 7. Let's turn over there a moment. How you doing out there? Don't let the rain put you to sleep. <laughs> Matthew 7. 
Uh, I'm going to back up to 13 there. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. You know, as we progress uh, and, and we move through changes in our life, many times this, this principle this, uh, that Jesus is talking about here is true. That as we move forward through uh, the gate, if you will, the door that God has for us moving forward in our lives and navigating change, that the doors become smaller. You know, uh, especially in biblical days, you know, they, you know, every town or village of any size, it had a wall around it for protection. And in many of those, unless it was a you know, really, really big city like Jerusalem or something like that, if it was a, a moderate size or a small city, the gates were not real big because the bigger the gate, the harder they were to defend. Amen. The gates were made small so that if the enemy did try to break through, they could only get through like one or two at a time. And many times if you were traveling, you were bringing a, by donkey or maybe even by camel, when you came to that door, it was so narrow that you had to unpack some stuff off the donkey or off the camel in order to get through the door. And I found out that as we progress in God, as we move in the changes that God is speaking to us to move forward, fulfilling His will, that as we come, we got to do like Jesus said here. He said, we got to unpack some stuff. We got to unpack some stuff. We got to unload, or we can't get through this next doorway that God has for us. We got to unload for safe passage. And some of those things in our case that we've got to unload are some old ways, some old wounds. And some old attitudes. You just got to unpack them or you're not going to be able to move forward through this gate that introduces us to the change God wants to bring about not only for our benefit, but for the expansion and benefit of the kingdom. And so, you know, some old ways have to be put aside. And I want to tell you something. As, as I don't know how to put this nicely. As an uh, older mature person I have found that letting go of some old ways is not always easy I'm familiar with them I'm comfortable with them we've always done it this way I can do it I can do this I mean I can do church and not even think about it you know what I mean but you know when we're going through this into this new place and through this new door it may be that I'm not saying that all of them, but there may be some old ways that we have to unpack. Maybe we won't eat leeks and garlic anymore. You remember the children of Israel, you know? God began to feed them, you know. Couldn't, couldn't God have rained down leeks and garlic just as easy as he could manna? Sure he could have, couldn't he? You ever wonder why he didn't? Change. Change is progressive. You know what the word manna literally means, don't you, in Hebrew? What is it? That's how it literally translates. What is it? So every day for breakfast they had, what is it? <laughs> and at night they had, what are we having for supper? What is it? 
They didn't know what it was. It went. It looked like a little wafer or something. They went and picked it up. You know, in the morning when it was fresh, it it was just on the ground. You know, like we would say a frost or a dew was, and they picked it up. You know, and they 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 cooked with it. You know, they had manicotti, <laughs> bomana bread, mana burgers, mana. Why didn't God just rain down leeks and onions? He could have done that just as easily, couldn't he? He was preparing them, what, for change. It's a new day. It's a new way. He's preparing them for change. But see, the, 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 their old attitudes begin to come out. And they, see, they weren't willing to change. And they said, oh, I wish we could go back to Egypt. I missed the leeks and the garlic and the onions. I had a taste for those. I like those. That's what mom and dad ate. That's what grandpa and grandpa ate. Because they'd been there 400 years, you know. So God says, yes, but I'm bringing you to a, a place of progressive change. And the first thing that's changing after coming out of Egypt, you're out here in the middle of nowhere. He said, I'm going to start feeding you something different. So we have to let go of our old ways and our old attitudes or we can't embrace the change that God has for us. And you know what? This is another way the Holy Spirit helps us, doesn't it? And you know what? We can help one another. You know, you start getting that old, as things start changing and things are being done a little bit different and things are a little uncomfortable and our surroundings, are, we've talked about all that, haven't we? And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, one of those low attitudes start rising up. You know, it's like that squeaky door at the house. Yeah, I mean, you know, as soon as you move that door, everybody in the house knows exactly where you are. <laughs> Get some oil out. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? So, you know, if you've got those old whiny attitudes that's trying to get, you just need to put some oil on it. Let the Holy, get along with the Holy Spirit and say, help me here. Help me to adjust here. This is new for me. This is different for me. And then sometimes old wounds, you know, we stepped out of the boat before and we took on a whole bunch of water. Man, I tried that water walking stuff, Pastor, man, that's rough. But here's the thing. See, as we listen to the Holy Spirit and as we, we walk with Him, see, it's one thing if if I decide to step out of the boat, it's another thing if Jesus has said, step out of the boat. See, if I, if I just decide I'm going to step out of the boat, you know, because so-and-so stepped out of the boat, I might take on some water. But if, if, if Jesus said, step out of the boat, if the Holy Spirit's saying, step out of the boat, step into this change, move through this gateway, unpack some of this stuff, then you know what? We're able to do it. Why? Because we'll find the grace, we'll find the wisdom, and we'll find the power of God will be right there for it. Changing of our priorities. See, we don't want to be resistant, we don't want to be reluctant, and we don't want to operate in fear. See, that's some of those old attitudes that can make us resistant to change, reluctant to obey. God says, you know, get in here. This is why I encourage you, Passion Church, listen, we can, we can move in this change and you know what? We can move and, and we can stay in faith. We can stay in love. We can have peace. We can see the good things and the new things God wants to do. Or we can whine and gripe and complain. And, you know, it's up to us, isn't it? 
What will we do? Jesus said, if you want to move forward, he said, it's a small gate. Why didn't God, oh, oh, let's, go, let's go over here, that gate. Boy, that's a big old gate over there. You know, the easiest thing to do is to maintain. Just stay where I'm at. Stay where I'm comfortable. I made my nest. I, man, it mm, feels so good. That's the easiest thing to do, isn't it? Is to maintain. But Jesus said, listen, go through. He didn't just say go through the new gate. He said go through the narrow new gate. A little bit of a tight fit. You know, sometimes you feel like you get stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle. You know, that's what happened with the children of Israel. They got stuck in the middle for 40 years. How many of you ever been on a carousel? Merry-go-round, carousel. Those things can be kind of fun, can't they? Even, even when you get older, they're fun. How would you like to ride one for 40 years? <laughs> hey, how you doing? That's essentially what the children of Israel did. They got stuck in the wilderness. They got stuck, twixt and tween. They came out, but they had a hard time going through. Going through the what? They came out one gate. That was great. But then God says, we're going to go through this next gate. And they started looking at this next gate. And it had some giants around it. It had some walled cities around it. It had some obstacles around it. And so they got stuck in the middle. See, when we try to hold on to the old while we try to enter the new, we get stuck. Remember I said you had to unpack to get through that gate? And see, if we try to carry some stuff we shouldn't be trying to carry, you may get, <laughs> you get stuck in the gate. I'm stuck right here. You know, you know what that means? That means that there's something there. If I feel I'm stuck in this change that God is bringing us through and bringing me through, then that means I need to back up. There's evidently something that I haven't unloaded and unpacked yet that I need to so I can move forward. Like I said, it may be some old ways we won't, don't want to let go of, some old attitudes or some wounds. Maybe, maybe we, we've stepped out before, and man, we feel like, man, you know, I just got smacked down. But here's the thing. We unpack and we move forward. We don't get stuck. You know, it takes endurance and perseverance to follow a vision to its completion, doesn't it? You know, we like to talk about Abraham and others of the faith he's the father of faith and we talk about abraham and sometimes i think you know it just goes off so glibly you know off i live well you know abraham you know he just believed god and boom bang boom everything just worked out and da da but if you go back and read his life it was a process wasn't it and remember we said process leads to progress we, we in our culture, the American culture, and, and there's some good things about it. Don't misunderstand me, but we're so goal-oriented. We're so arriving. We're so bottom-line-oriented that, we, you know, we, we sometimes forget that, you know, to get to that goal, there is some steps. There is some process that's going to lead to the progress. And if all we ever do is look at the bottom line and don't have wisdom and understanding that there's going to be change in process and in some of the steps, then we will get discouraged. Because you don't get there overnight. 
whether it's in your own individual life or as, as a body of believers that God's called together, you don't get there overnight. It's a process. But if we follow the promptings, the leading of the Holy Spirit and respond to the, to the process correctly, you know what? We'll look around and you know what we'll see? Progress. We've moved forward. We're more effective. We're reaching more people. We're getting the message out in a bigger and better way if we will just follow what God's called us to do. Now, I've also found this out. The enemy is always waiting to devour the new. In Revelations, we won't read it for the sake of time, but in Revelations, you can read it over there, 12, 4, and 5. You know, it's talking about prophetically that as soon as the woman gave birth that, you know, the dragon was right there waiting. The dragon was waiting to devour, you know, the son. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to devour the new thing in its infant stages. Because that's the weakest, isn't it? And see, it's right at this point to where I'm, you know, I'm saying, okay, I'm putting the other foot out of the boat. It's right at the point where I'm saying, okay, I'm unpacking and I'm going through this narrow way, this narrow gate. It's at that point where I'm willing to deal with attitudes and, and, and old ways. And I, I'm, 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 I'm considering I'm going to move forward. That's where the enemy is waiting right there to trip us up. And he's right there to say, you know, you better watch out. You better watch. Be careful. Look out. You sure this is God? You thought it was God the last time. Remember how that turned out? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I think, you know, you, you all got it made because I think all the devils are over at my house. I guess from your laughing, that's not true. <laughs> but see, we need to be aware of that. And when that doubt and that fear tries to whisper to us, we recognize the source for who it is. It's not from God because God hadn't given us a spirit of fear. If God says don't do something, He don't tell you to do it not out of fear. He just tells you to don't do it because it's, it's not the right way to do it. It's not wisdom to do it. But it's not about fear. Listen, if making a mistake was the end of it all, we'd all been through a long time ago. Now, I know you've made at least one mistake. I've made a bunch of them. But you've probably made at least one. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what change looks like. What change looks like. Now, in Acts 11, I'm not going to read all this, but I'm going to refer to it here. But if you want to turn over there and make sure I'm referring to it right, you feel free to do so. Peter is here before, you know, uh, all the other apostles and every, uh, the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. And they've called him to give a report, kind of called him on the carpet a little bit, because he went into Cornelius's. A house who was a Gentile, he was a Roman, centurion, he was a Gentile. And, it, and, and he went in there and preached the gospel to them. You know, and they kind of called him to record here because nobody had ever done that before. Up until Acts 10, the church was Jewish. It was Jewish believers. The message was taken to the Jews. Hey, we, hey we, that message is that's not for them old Romans who's... who's oppressed us is certainly not for them I mean we'll, we'll preach to those Samaritans maybe but I mean the Romans there ain't no way I'm preaching to them they're godless they're heathen they're murderers 
They're conquerors. They're oppressors. Can I get a witness? We ain't going, I mean, man, no way. But lo and behold, God gave a new revelation to Peter. Remember he was up on the roof praying? And it says uh, that he saw the sheet let down. Remember the story? It had all kinds of beasts on it. What the, the, the Jewish people called unclean. They couldn't, it was ceremonially unclean. They couldn't eat that food. They couldn't do it. And he heard the Spirit say, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. Peter said, Not so, Lord. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get behind me, devil. That happened three times. And then you know the story. Uh, Cornelius had an angel appear to him. He said, send men to Joppa. Ask for Peter. They asked for Peter and the Spirit told him, you know, go with them, doubting nothing. Remember that? You remember that story. So here he is in, in 11. Now he's having to give an account to this because what? We don't do church like that. We, we don't go preach to those people. We don't do it that way. All of a sudden, with a new revelation, came a new innovation. A new revelation brought a new innovation. All of a sudden, the vision about the church became enhanced, didn't it? All of a sudden, it got bigger. Now, oh, now it's not just the Jews. Man, we thought we were doing good to just, you know, reach out to the Samaritans. I mean, that was pretty big of us, you know. But now he's saying, now it's going to incorporate all the Gentiles. Wait a minute, God. Those people are not like us. They worship strange gods. They're evil. They're mean. They're wicked. They have different ways. They have a different language. Everything about them is different. Hello? And you know, there were some people in the Jewish church that had difficulty accepting it. They were called the Judaizers. I don't have time to get into that, but Paul dealt with them everywhere he went. The Judaizers would come along behind Paul, you know, after Paul did all the hard work and went on to the next place, the Judaizers would come behind and say, now, you know what? What all Paul said, that was good, but, but, you need to be circumcised. You need to be careful not to do this and not to do that. And they wanted to add to it. So a new level of revelation always brings what? A new level of action. Once he got that new revelation, then the Spirit prompted him to act. And see, change does that with us. A new, when the vision begins to be enhanced, when God begins to stir us, and He says it's time for change, it's time to put off some of the old ways and move forward, then you know what? A new revelation means what? It's time to act. And if I don't act and I stay where I am, all of a sudden, what once blessed me, what once was, what was, was so real in everything to me, you know what? It will begin to stink. You know, back to the flashback a minute, to the manna. Remember the new food that God gave them to eat? You know what happened if they tried to keep it too long? It got all wormy. Awful quiet in here. <laughs> this is good stuff. 
This is how the kingdom operates. So there'll be a new influx of people and ideas and creativity and innovation. Old viewpoints will have to be thrown off. All of all of a sudden, God starts bringing a whole influx of people that are different from us, Passion Church. Different background, different ethnicities, different races. It's good. See, if, we, if we've got a right attitude, if we've got a right understanding, we embrace that. And all of a sudden there comes an amplification, not only of the, the vision, but God's grace, God's love, and God's power flowing through us to be more effective and to reach more people for the kingdom. See, we don't change just to change. We change for purpose. And God says, if you will allow me to navigate you through this change, ooh, it'll be good. Old viewpoints thrown off, new ones embraced, innovative and creative opportunities. New doors will be open. New ways to reach more people will be open. I want to be open to whatever God wants to do. It don't have to be my way. I'm not one of, the, I'm not one of those my way or the highway preachers. It's, it's Yahweh. We go Yahweh, not got my way. Isn't that right? It's Yahweh. It's God's way. <laughs> Let me talk real quickly. I've got to close about drinking the new wine. You've, you've heard this. Turn over to Luke 5. I probably could just refer to this. I know that you are familiar with it. Let's look in Luke 5. <clears throat> Verse 36, Jesus told them this parable. No one tears a patch from a new garment and sews it on the old one. The old one. If he does, he'll have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. In other words, you, you can't mix them. See, this was, if we try to hold on to the old while we're, we're trying to embrace the new, we're going to get stuck. Jesus says, you, don't, you can't do it that way. Then he goes on to say, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the new wine will burst the skins, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. This is what happens many times in the church as a whole. When, when we try to keep the old with the new, we end up with neither. Because the old is not life-giving in the way it was, and we've lost the new because the new can't be contained in the old. So we end up, we don't get either one. We don't enjoy, we don't enjoy as much what we already have, and we certainly don't get to embrace what God has for us. New wine cannot be contained in old bottles. What are the old bottles? I think some of them are our attitudes, our viewpoints and our old methods or ways of doing things. Those are some, many times those are the old bottles, the old wineskins. You know, if you know about it, you know, wineskins in those days when they, they, they would make the wineskin and they would, they would put, uh, you know, the, 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 the wine in it when it was 
what we call green wine or new wine. And, you know, it would ferment in there. And as it fermented, it gave off gases, didn't it? You know, and, it, and that skin was flexible and it would expand to fit with what the wine was doing in it. But once it expanded so far at that point, then it began to harden. And it would harden and get stiff. Then if you tried to put the next vintage in there and it wanted to expand more, this is what Jesus is saying. The skins would break and what? You'd lose everything. And see, if, we, if God's wanting to do something new in us, Passion Church, if He's wanting to do something new through us in this change, and we are not willing to allow God to put that new wine into what? New attitudes, new understanding, new perspectives. And you know, one of the ways, if they didn't have a new wine skin and they wanted to use an old one, there was a way that you could do that. And one of the first things they would do was they would soak the old wine skin in water. And you know, water is, is the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the Word. You know, the Word will begin to make us pliable, flexible, and teachable again. We soak the Word. We soak our, our thinking in the Word. We get our minds renewed to the new thing God's wanting to do. And then after it soaked in water for a while, they would rub oil into it. Oil is a type of the Holy Spirit. You know, I found this out. When I'm full of the Spirit, I'm more teachable. I'm more pliable. I'm more likable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know y'all don't know about that because you guys have arrived. I'm still working on it. But what they would rub, after soaking it in the water, then they rub in the oil. And you know what? All of a sudden, it got what? Restored. It became supple. It became flexible. Then you could pour in the new wine, the new vintage. And what? You wouldn't lose it. So here's the thing I believe God's saying to us, Passion Church, that He wants us to allow the Word, the water of the Word, and the oil of the Holy Spirit to inundate us, to saturate us, so that what we become flexible wineskins, and we are teachable, we are pliable, we are guidable, if you will, and in this season of change, we are still likable. You know, you see some people going through change and they are grumpy Gus. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're going through it. But oh, my gosh. They make everybody miserable that's going through it with them. Like that old squeaky door I was talking about. <clears throat> Let me give you some action steps really quick. Develop a taste for new wine. That was the last point. Develop a taste for new wine. You know, when change comes in, we, we got to develop a taste for it. I remember as a kid, I don't know about you, but there was all kind of things I didn't like as a kid. All kind of vegetables. I mean, just forget that. You know, I didn't want no, I didn't want no greens, nothing green. Unless it was jello. That was okay. But I mean, you know, I didn't want any of that stuff. I didn't like that stuff. I didn't think it tasted good. But you know what? 
someone who was wiser and more mature than me insisted. <laughs> now, you go back far enough in my day when they insisted. It was a different insistence than today. But they insisted that I eat it. And so I did. Because I like to sit down. <laughs> my dad was ex-military. Sergeant. Mm. He wasn't necessarily a godly man, but he sure believed in one of those scriptures. Spare the rod, spoil the child. <laughs> he had that one down pat. <laughs> but you know what? I'm so glad that they insisted because you know what? Number one, they were good for me. And you know what? Now I love them. Man, oh man. Eat them at home. If I go out to Cracker Barrel, am I making you hungry? Man, I get that vegetable plate or wherever I go, man, get some of those good vegetables. Man, those greens and pinto beans and all that. Man, get it on. Don't worry, I'm about to pray. You're going to get going. <laughs> but he said in, in Psalm 81.10, God said this to Israel. He said, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. You want to get a taste for the new wine? Well, I remember, uh, again, raising our kids when they were little. You know, I'm talking about in the high chair trying to feed them. Remember that? And they clamped their mouth down. Anybody, any parents know what I'm talking about? Man, I mean, you know, when they, they just gritted their teeth, there wasn't no feeding them that stuff, was it? Whatever it was, we were trying to push down. Well, if you're like that, God can't, he's not going to feed you intravenously. He said, you got to what? Open your mouth. In other words, you got to be willing. You got to be receptive. You got to be open. Because God won't force anything on you. All right, real quickly. Action steps and we're going to pray. How can we respond to what you've heard today? Because, you know, I don't want you to just be filled with knowledge. I want you to act on what you hear. Faith is an act. I said, faith is an act. Faith is, faith is not warm feelings. Faith is an act. Partner in prayer with the Holy Spirit this week. Get along with God. Say, God, what, what, do you, what kind of changes do you, are, are you bringing about with me, with my household? What are the changes in Passion Church that, that's coming up? I, I want to be on board with it. I want to be in agreement with it. I want to hear what you hear. Listen. Listen, it's so much easier when you don't get it secondhand. Well, do it because I said do it. <laughs> How you feel about it when somebody tells you that? <laughs> but when the Holy Spirit shows you, when He has spoken it to you, then something happens on the inside of you. There's a faith, there's a strength. And now you say, when you hear somebody else say the same thing, you say, that's exactly right. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it not just because the pastor or this one or that one said it. We're going to do it because what? God said it. Secondly, unpack any baggage that prevents you from change. As you're along with the Holy Spirit, He's going to show you some of these old ways, old wounds, and old attitudes. He says, look, son, you, you just can't take them through. It's, you can't go through the gate to this next step in this next place I have you can't go through the gate with this stuff on you're going to have to unpack some of it you're going to have to forgive some people you're going to have to let go of some old wounds some old attitude you're going to have to let go of it 
Now, we who are older generation who did not grow up with all the technology today, we've had to learn about that, haven't we? I remember the first time, you know, when computers became accessible to everybody. Man, oh man, you never heard such a gambit of attitudes and ideas about, well, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll just keep my typewriter. Any young folks know what a typewriter is? <laughs> Something Ben Franklin used to use. No, it doesn't go back that far. You know, and then the smartphones came in and then all the, you know, all the technology and the ways to communicate. Man, we've had to change and adapt. It's the same way in the spirit. And you know, isn't it interesting? Once you embraced it, once you said, okay, here I go, I'm going to do it. Now, a little bit later on, now you say, hey, this stuff's pretty good. I tell you what, I don't want to go back to a typewriter, do you? No way. Man, I love that email. It's a whole lot better than snail mail. Are you listening to me? I, I love some, this new technology. But you know, you had, to, you had to embrace it. Finally, allow the Holy Spirit to fashion you as a new wine skin. A new wine skin. You know, it might take some soaking up of the Word and some oil of the Holy Spirit as you are along with God to allow God to what? Make you a new wineskin so that what? We can be open and receptive to all that God is wanting to do in this next change. Passion Church, you know, many times, I know it's 12.08, give me just a couple more minutes. I know Passion Church, you know, many times, things that God moves us through in the natural, outwardly, are reflective and a type of what He's wanting to do with us spiritually. And you know, we're not just changing locations to change locations. Ugh. Take it from me. Sin and I have moved a few times. So, believe me, I am not all into moving just to move. I've done enough of that. But, for the most part, I would say, personally speaking, our moves have been because God was moving and bringing about changes spiritually for us. And so, you know, as we make this change and we make this move, Passion Church, we're not just doing it, you know, oh, so we can have a different location. We can do, you know, all that might be peripheral stuff. But, you know, it's because I, I believe this with all my heart. God has something fresh and new that He wants to do in us and He wants to do through us that, that, that will expand and enhance who we are and the vision He's given us and, and our ability to reach more people in this area. And I, you know, and I believe God wants us all on board. Man, let's all, let's all go together. That's, that's my heart's cry. That's my Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.